0: A R M O I R E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Hello everyone, so I'm back from vacation and my kids are all back in school as of yesterday, yay! I can't say I had any great parenting epiphanies on our trip to share other than I did teach my kids that camping helps you appreciate your bed. (laughs) And also, kids are tough, but maybe make sure they all have air mattresses too. I have a backpacking air mattress so it doesn't need a pump, but it makes all the difference in comfort. So I made my kids suffer more than I had to. So um, I won't do that again. So that might be the biggest piece of advice I have. I'm doing a presentation at a school next week for parents on building emotional competence and growth mindset and how these two work together to empower, well, anyone really, not just kids, to live a more rewarding and happy life. So I'm sharing some really important information that I wanted to go ahead and pass on to all of you today as well. Emotional competence, or what is also sometimes called emotional intelligence, is the ability to understand, use, and manage our own emotions in positive ways or pro-social ways. So these emotion skills allow us to communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges, and diffuse conflict. And it's a vitally important skill because it colors every single interaction that we have. Not only that, it actually profoundly influences the relationship we have with ourselves and with others. And it is the way we show up for ourselves and for others in the world. So to think about the difference of life experience, if one understands their own emotions, what those emotions are, where they stem from, what the triggers are, and then how to communicate that effectively, communicate their feelings, their wants, their needs, with their peers, their superiors, their family, their friends, with their romantic partners. This is a really big difference in how we're going to experience life and how much we're going to enjoy it. Lastly, emotional competence is also a really important skill in a strong leader. Now there are lots of people in leadership positions that don't have strong emotional intelligence, but a leader who has these skills can motivate and inspire and connect in a way that other leaders simply cannot do. So giving our kids this foundation is a huge gift. Now most of us didn't grow up getting this kind of guidance and support for learning how to accept, connect with and process our own emotions in healthy ways. So learning how to do things differently with our own children definitely takes some learning, some patience and some practice with ourselves. I want to talk about four qualities of emotional intelligence or emotional competence. The first is self-awareness, understanding and knowing the self, our own emotions. What is this that I'm feeling? How and where am I feeling it in my body? How is it manifesting in my body? How am I experiencing it? What are my triggers? What triggered this? Why am I feeling this? And then if we can, the reason why. So for a lot of us, and I did a lot of this work um, for for many, many years, especially in this past probably five years, it may require some deeper work if you really want to get to the root and heal it. Of Why am I feeling this way? And why is this such a trigger for me? Why do I have this belief system about myself? Is that a healthy belief? Is it, is it something that's serving me or not serving me? So this is the foundation. Then we have self-regulation. This is the ability to manage our emotions in appropriate ways. Sharing our emotions at appropriate times, at appropriate levels, with the appropriate people so our kids aren't taking out their bad day on their sibling because they had a fight with a friend or they turned in an assignment and they didn't do very well on it and so now they're coming home and getting mad at everyone at home we aren't getting mad at our kids when we're mad about the car breaking down right we know how to segment our emotions and how to express them and target them in ways that are healthy coping mechanisms The third area is empathy, which is the understanding of the feelings of the other. It's recognizing their feelings, being able to be in their shoes, connect with their feelings in an empathic manner, showing up for them, letting them know that we do understand that we're there for them, and being that person that they can rely on to listen to their problems. Social awareness or social skills. This is the way that these emotion skills will manifest in the outward world. This is the way we act in a situation outwardly. It's going to be different in some situations than another as well. So it's also knowing that nuance difference. How we act at home is different than how we act at school, different than how we act at a restaurant. So having social awareness and knowing what to expect in each situation and how to act accordingly. Now, as I said, this all starts with self-awareness. We can't regulate what we aren't aware of, us as parents or them as kids. We can't expect our kids to show up and regulate their feelings and their behavior if they don't understand the feeling that they're having, why they're having it, where it came from. When we see deficits in social skills, 99% of the time it means there is a lack of emotion skill that underlies the social exchange. The emotion skills or the lack thereof are the foundation that the social response is built on top of. If I am feeling angry and upset and I'm dysregulated, I am not gonna be able to control my behavior very well. If I'm angry but I know how to control it, I know how to regulate it, I know how to come down quickly, I know how to recognize it, then I'm gonna do a really good job of regulating fairly quickly and having a different outward reaction or social skill. So this is a lifelong practice. You know, I'm at the point where I can easily recognize that I'm having a strong feeling, but I often have to ask myself, what is this about? Why is this presenting right now in this moment? Our emotions are our guidance system. As adults, it tells us, what do I need to focus on in my life? Is this experience or choice or person or atmosphere right for me right now? Why or why not? So learning how to tune in and use this guidance system serves us and will serve our kids in profound ways. So how do we help our kids build this skill? Well I want to start with us parents first because we can't teach what we don't know we often are kinder or more forgiving to our kids than we are to ourselves. Now this may not be true for everyone or especially not true all the time, because sometimes we are more forgiving ourselves than for our kids. But I think it's important to parse this out and remember to confront our emotions and the real reasons behind them so that we can challenge the belief behind it. Challenge if it's not realistic or healthy. So for example, 80% of parents believe that if they were a more effective parent, their toddler wouldn't have tantrums. Now, this is neither realistic nor healthy. We want to make sure our expectations for ourselves and for our kids are realistic. And this is just one of thousands of examples of faulty thoughts that we may have on any one day. Thoughts like, I'm not worthy of what I want in life, of respect or admiration or whatever, unless I'm 15 pounds thinner. Whether it's around parenting, our physical appearance, our financial success, or anything else, we have to be able to recognize and dismantle as many of these toxic belief systems about ourselves as we can. Because yes, it does affect us, but it also affects our kids. When we feel unworthy, then we're stressed, we're anxious, or whatever emotion comes out because we're holding ourselves to an impossible standard. This is our work on our self-awareness that we will do. So now I'm going to talk about kids and then I'm going to circle back to adults because what we do for our kids, we're also going to do for ourselves. So there are two times that we can work on building emotional competence during times of upset and during times of calm. Guess when kids will learn the best. That's right, when they're calm. Guess when we usually try to teach them most of the time? When they're upset. So we still need to do both. And we still need tools for both. So I am going to cover both. But let's talk about quiet times first. We want to talk about emotions of characters in shows, movies, or books. In a book, you can stop in the middle of reading and you can ask your child, What do you think she's feeling right now? I will actually pause a show in the middle to have a quick conversation about the character. Now, in this case, not just about emotions because my kids are getting older, but I'll have conversations about the choices the character made, the actions the character made, the feelings the characters have, and the belief system that they might be holding about themselves or others in that moment. So you can have some pretty deep conversations about self-awareness, emotional awareness about ourselves and others through books and television and movies. You can help them identify which body parts give them their first warning that they are becoming angry or frustrated or upset or jealous or any other emotion that they're having that they're having a big reaction to. When they can identify the body part, it can help them be better able to control the emotion because they can feel it coming on feeling like you got punched in the gut or some sort of feeling in your gut. I get it in my gut. I feel it right in my solar plexus. That's where I feel things. They might feel it in their heart. They might feel it in their chest, a tightening in the chest or a clenched fist or up in the throat where their throat gets kind of clenched and they feel like they can't talk or they can't express themselves. And you might want to talk to your kids about your signs in your body that you get. You want to teach coping strategies during quieter times. You want to go over a list of coping strategies, and ask your child which ones they would like to try the next time they're upset. Which ones would they like you to suggest? And I'll go over this list when I talk about the in the moment. You're gonna role play to manage big feelings using wording examples and appropriate tones of voice. This is a big one. Often the words are okay, but the tone will need some work. So helping your child role play that proper tone that helps communicate without getting too loud or too insistent or too angry. You wanna use positive reinforcement. When you see your child regulating well, you wanna point it out, something like, you remained calm and explained why you were upset. That was very level-headed. And then you wanna read books about emotions. There are a lot of books about emotions that you can read with your kids. A lot of them are for really young kids. You can just do a search on Amazon. There's also some for older kids too. Um, And so a couple I can recommend for older kids are Understanding Myself, A Kid's Guide to Intense Emotions and Strong Feelings, and The Feelings Book, The Care and Keeping of Your Emotions, and this is for Girls 8 Plus. Next, I wanna talk about how to help kids in the moment. And I'll do that right after a word from our sponsors. and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Now that we're back, I'm gonna talk about helping kids in the moment. The first thing we want to do is we want to allow their feelings. We want to make space for them to have feelings and allow them to express them. Now, regardless of how extreme these emotions may feel to you, the general message we want to send is that all feelings are valid, but all reactions may not. Now reactions that are not are going to be things where they are a danger to themselves or others. So this is the only time where we really want to temper their reaction is when they're a danger to themselves or others. Now it's good to remember that resentment will often set in. If a child is feeling unheard, they will have built this up over time and actually we all do this, our kids are no exception, we'll carry that forward to the next interaction. If we still didn't feel heard with the last interaction that we had, and now we're having the same argument or even a different one, but we still didn't feel heard, this argument, we're probably gonna be louder, and they're probably gonna be louder. So when we make this room for their feelings, for their expression of these feelings, unless, like I said, they're getting dangerous, they're throwing, they're hitting, other than that, letting them be loud, letting them share, letting them talk about how angry they are, letting them punch a pillow, do anything that's a safe way to react to this. No matter how big it may feel to us, we are helping them deflate current and future reactions. They're also going to learn to get better and better at this and you'll, as we go through the next steps, you'll see why and how. Now, if they are getting dangerous to the self or others, it is okay to contain it. If you're getting hit or toys are getting thrown, it is okay to hold their hands not in a punitive way, not in an angry way, but in a protective, caring way, speaking soothingly. Now, it often gets louder before they calm because they don't like being held and they're trying to express, but if they're hurting themselves or they're going to hurt you or they're going to be throwing toys and potentially hit the dog or hit a sibling, that just can't be allowed. So it's okay for them to be upset and not take that up a couple notches while they work through it, that's okay. But we stay calm, we stay in control. This way they feel safe, they work through the big feelings faster, and we are leading that way. We are setting that example about staying calm when things are more chaotic, when their feelings are chaotic. Once they feel safe, then they tend to burn out pretty quickly. Okay, we're going to connect with the feeling. I can see you're feeling annoyed, stressed, angry, frustrated, about X, or I know it's frustrating when this happens. Then you wanna invite your child to choose a coping strategy. Here are some strategies. You're gonna, I might offer different ones based on age. There's a lot of options that these might include something like some type of movement, like punching a pillow, running around the couch or the yard, bouncing a ball, jumping on a trampoline. Some prefer more quiet activities, things like art. So painting or drawing, coloring journaling, writing, reading, talking, or snuggling and hugging. We all have strategies that work better for us. These are positive coping mechanisms. Once they are calm, you can move to problem solving. Invite them to problem solve with you. You're feeling really disappointed that your friend can't play today. Let's think of some other things that you can do right now. We'll work on scheduling another play date another time. Okay, for parents, first, understanding that parenting is going to bring out a gamut of emotions, negative and positive, from milder ones, like provoked, annoyed, to downright furious, ashamed, jealous, resentful, and more. These are close, intimate relationships, and so the relationships are going to test us. It's what we do with these feelings, how we express them, remembering that expressing emotions at appropriate levels, at appropriate times, with appropriate people. But when it comes to these feelings, we need to hold the same space and have the same grace for ourselves as we are working to have with our kids. We are also overcoming more programming than they are. Our hope is that we are going to help them not have to overcome programming. So that's what we're doing with this work. But we may have a lot of programming to overcome. So it's important for us to do the work to allow our emotions. It's okay to be furious, to feel ashamed, to feel jealous, to feel resentful. In parenting, it's going to happen. There is nothing wrong with that. It does not make us a bad parent for having these feelings. So giving ourselves grace for that. We want to make peace with them, all of them, even these uncomfortable ones, especially the uncomfortable ones. So I have a feelings wheel that I like to share with parents when I do coaching or when we do the online chats with members. This is a wheel that is filled with hundreds of different words for emotions. Most of these we don't use most of the time but emotions are very nuanced. So having a wide emotional vocabulary is a really important part. Accepting them all, knowing they exist, there's a reason there's a word for them because we all experience them. So when we think about the number of words that we use regularly for emotions or that our kids especially use regularly, and yet the ones that we actually experience, if you take a look at the, the amount of emotions we experience, a lot of them almost every day, hundreds probably, and yet we rarely use probably more than five to 10 words. Our kids use mad, sad, happy, afraid, maybe surprised, frustrated. Some might use annoyed, but not a lot. They start out with those small words and then they'll grow as they get older, but our hope and our, um, our goal is to help them grow a wide range of words for emotions, a wide emotional vocabulary as they age. Then we wanna think about the emotions that we experience regularly. What types of situations trigger these emotions? Which of these make you feel really uncomfortable? Humiliated, betrayed, disrespected, ridiculed, furious, jealous, shame? The reason this is important work is twofold. One, we can't teach our kids to do work that we aren't doing. If our emotions like shame or disrespect is triggered by a particular scenario and we don't do some work around it, it will continue to control us. And that means we will continue to react to our children's behaviors in ways we don't want to or feel good about. One scenario is that maybe you didn't take care of some responsibility and it leads to a consequence that triggers you. Like the car broke down because you didn't take care of it. The brakes or the rotors, you ended up having to pay more money to get things fixed because you didn't get the brakes fixed when they first squeaked. Now you're feeling humiliated and foolish. You're in your car, furious with yourself. And in that moment, your child mentions the incident. Innocently asking and you blow up. Now you feel all of this and you feel ashamed for taking it out on your child on top of it. So this is the self-awareness that I talked about earlier. Sometimes these triggers can be deep-seated from years of programming that needs to be undone. You know, I'm not worthy. I don't take very good care of stuff. Whatever it is, we're thinking about ourselves and then here, boom, comes an example of something we didn't take a very good responsibility for. We feel like we should have known better. We're angry with ourselves. It triggers this feeling of inadequacy. And then our child says something and we're already in this place of raw emotion And we blow up with them. So this is that awareness because we can bring ourselves back and we can start to address this feeling of feeling inadequate or not feeling like we're very good at taking care of certain things or we were consistently told as a child we were irresponsible, that we couldn't do anything right, and so this triggers that. And this is the work that we will need to do. Confronting false beliefs about ourselves, allowing ourselves to be human so that these types of scenarios don't trigger us nearly so intensely. And that's just one example of thousands and thousands of all kinds of scenarios that could happen in any given family in any given day. The second reason is how we lead our kids in learning to accept and connect with their emotions if we continue to remain reactive to some of our own. So we want to do that work so that we can be a better example. We can talk to them about it, walk them through theirs because we know how to walk through our own. So just like with our kids, we need to figure out which coping strategies are best for us. So for me, exercise is a great one. Talking to a friend is another great one for me. I actually exercise just to keep my hormones and other body functions, whatever, well balanced to begin with, levels out my moods. So when I'm stressed or trying to problem solve, I don't get as stressed as long as I'm exercising regularly. But then on top of it, I will go for a hike, I'll go for a run, I'll go for a swim, I don't have to listen to anything, it's just quiet outside and I can just listen to my own thoughts and I can work through it because I have the rhythm of my feet hitting the ground or if I'm swimming my arms through the water. I may also call a friend. Sometimes I'll do both at once. I'll go for a hike and I'll call a friend. Okay, so we've allowed room for our emotions, we've accepted our emotions, we've worked through our emotions, we know what our coping skills are. So then we move on to the next step where we share our feelings in an appropriate way with the person that we have conflict with and we use this as an example for working with our kids. If you'd like to follow me on social, you can follow Your Village online on Instagram or look for Your Village on Facebook. I post video tips on the Instagram account very regularly, two to three times a week. You can also check out any of the 60 parenting classes at yourvillageonline.com if there's some struggles related to emotions or anything else that you're looking for, positive discipline, development and health, which covers things like self-esteem, good sleep habits, eating habits, modern family or modern parenting issues, which are things like staying um, organized in this crazy busy world that we have, peaceful parenting, kids and media, among others. Thanks for listening. See you next week.